everybody has their own version of the history. The problem is, is that, that it's it's only the gospel that can bring peace to the nations because it's only the gospel that teaches to forgive. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Tuesday, where you're going to hear a powerful testimony of God's grace revealed in human lives. Each Tuesday, you'll hear Pastor Adam interviewing pastors from around the world to share the mighty miracles that God has done in their lives to give you hope for yours. We share the stories of the men behind the messages you hear every other day on this podcast. Keep in mind that the free version only includes a portion of the whole testimony interview. To listen to the full version, use the links in the show notes to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Supercast.tech. Every dollar goes to supporting world evangelism. Enjoy today's Testimony Tuesday. All right, and welcome back to the Virginia Beach Potter's House Sermon Podcast. Uh, We are back once again for Testimony Tuesday, and I am very pleased to be joined by Pastor Sergei Pukowski. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And he is pastoring in the city of St. Petersburg, Russia. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Uh, Welcome, everybody. Hello, everybody. Well, um, so I actually uh, heard about you. Uh, I, I, I'm sure I've heard your name before, but, um, but when we spoke to Pastor Denis Vasiliev uh, over the weekend, uh, he mentioned your name and asked me to reach out to you as well. And so uh, you come highly recommended for our podcast listeners. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so please uh, tell us first a little bit about you and where you're pastoring and how long you've been there and the, the short version you would give at conference. Uh, my name is Sergey, and uh, I'm pastoring together with my wife, Oksana, here in St. Petersburg, uh, Russia. It's a beautiful city of 8 million people. We pioneered this church in 2008, and after having spent uh, one year and a half, we were called to go and pioneer in Cuba. So um, after four plus years of uh, preaching the gospel in Cuba, uh, uh, actually, uh, the city is Havana, the capital uh, of Cuba. Uh, we came back to Russia, where I was an assistant of Pastor Golubev. Had been an assistant for uh, two years in a leadership church, the Conference Center of Russia in Volokhda city. It's a, a city of three hundred thousand people. Uh, then we took back uh, this church uh, uh, of Saint Petersburg and. Uh, Next month, it's going to be six years since we took it back. Wow. So we're serving God here, preaching the gospel, and seeing God God move and save souls here and changing lives, building his church. Praise God. Well, um, for uh, for those who don't know you, uh, you are also of Ukrainian background. Is that correct? Oh, well, all of my family are Ukrainians. I'm probably the only member of our big family that was born uh, on the territory of um, Russia Federation. But since uh, the Soviet Union and Russia, uh, actually it's a huge melting port and uh, port. And according to Wikipedia, you can easily look it up. Uh, Russia uh, is the largest melting port in the world. We have 160 nationalities, 160 different nations and languages, which are melted in the Russian Federation, 
we all speak uh, Russian language, but we are a, a multiple con- uh, culture, uh, country and nation. So that's that's how there are so many Ukrainians in Russia, because mm-hmm. probably I, I believe maybe every third Russian has some relatives in Ukraine. And I'm 100% Ukrainian because my mom is Ukrainian, my father is Ukrainian, so I'm Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where I was born, I'm Ukrainian according yes. to my Russian passport. <laughs> Well, uh, we, I'd like to talk to you, of course, about uh, what's on everybody's minds these days in this conflict in Ukrainian uh, in Ukraine. But uh, first of all, I'd like to hear uh, your your testimony, how you grew up, and uh, how you found yourself saved and living for God. Uh, I got saved in uh, 1993 uh, on the 23rd of uh, September. I came for the outreach of a Canadian missionary uh, who. Uh, was sent by Pastor Dave Marks from Chilliwack, uh, Canada, British Columbia. He came to Pioneer in Wologda, and he was organizing an incredible series of documentary movies about how life was uh, started on planet Earth according to the Bible with all kinds of uh, scientific proofs of the Noah's Ark and everything. And I was a typical Soviet boy uh, raised in the Soviet school system Atheism was our main religion, and we were taught that God I was really astonished at uh, seeing the information on, on, on a TV. It was like a TV commercial inviting people to a Protestant Christian church to see wow. a movie. For me, it was an incredible, radical thing. I thought, my goodness, I started showing movies in churches. My goodness, <laughs> and I decided just to go and laugh. But I was interested in the subject because I was writing a, a scientific research for my a school project uh, about the same uh, topic, uh, different uh, uh, theories, how um, life started on planet Earth. Uh, and I decided to go. And this is, was uh, the first, uh, not the first time, but it was actually the, the, uh, the day when I uh, got saved because I was confronted with the gospel and God touched my heart and I was absolutely amazed uh, about the power of God, that God loved me because I, I, I didn't know what love was because my father, my mother, they were quarreling all the time, fighting and all kinds of things were happening. You know, a decent family, everybody thought we were a decent family, but I, I didn't see love in that family and I heard that God loved me nevertheless. He knew everything about me and things he knew were not good things. Mm. So I repented at the age of 14. Uh, I was 14 years old in 1993. And um, God started changing my life. Then I felt the calling to preach the gospel. Uh, I started um, being a Bible study leader in uh, uh, my mother church. I started preaching on Saturday night uh, scenes and uh, on the co- after concerts, I was preaching. And after three years and a half, uh, I took over a church of a missionary uh, from the United States of America. His name was uh, Steve Anderson. He was sent by uh, Pastor Harold Warner to pioneer a church in Kostroma, also a city of um, probably... Um, around 300,000 people. And uh, at the age of 18, I took that church over. And wow. uh, one month later, I got got uh, married with my wife. 
and we had stayed Usually there. Usually it's one before years. the other. You had it switched yeah, around. Yeah, well, but it was, it was <laughs> not a very typical situation, you know. So this is how our ministry started. After a three, a four years and a half, we felt the calling to go to pioneer in Odessa, Ukraine. And we stayed there and preached and um, and preached the gospel, uh, building the church for three years and a half. So this is kind of short story <laughs> about our traveling, yeah, the about short our version. little right. experience. Yeah. Wow, what what a journey it's been! My goodness. So, um, if uh, what was the, what was it like when you got saved? It was you said 1993, and it was shortly after. Uh, the Soviet Union had fallen. What what was it like, like just in the city and in Russia in general, but but also in the church? What was the environment like? Um, people uh, record and uh, people remember th- that it was difficult time, but we were young and we didn't know anything, any better life. So yeah. for us, from our point of view, it was all right. It was okay. The environment in the church was a booming revival. We, the church was flooded with teenagers of 13, 12, 15 years old, and the uh, the eldest was probably 18. So wow. we were we we were happy, we were hopeful, we saw God moving uh, among amongst us, and we would share testimonies, preach the gospel, uh, and we would organize uh, music bands, you know, Saturday night scenes, drama teams. We would go with invasion teams to other cities, so. We were on fire, and we wanted to um, conquer Russia with the gospel. Yeah. Wow. So I, I've heard similar stories of what happened in Romania under Pastor Richard Brooks, uh, because when, when we were there, we, we were, uh, had a lot of his influence um, he, it was shortly after he had left out of Romania. But people spoke about those same times in Romania. And uh, uh, one, one thread that was very common among a lot of the, those teenagers was that they had to they had to endure a lot of persecution that came from their own families as they were uh, converting and being born again into, uh, in, you know, away from the Orthodox church. Did you experience something like that also? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, I believe that this is just, um, this is just a part of life, uh, you know, and people resist it and they view the gospel uh, always as something new or as something uh, the commodity breaking, you know, thing they they would call us the commodities breakers, but we didn't care because we wanted revolution. We wanted spiritual revolution. We we saw with our own eyes that the adult people did not really uh, have all the answers, and we didn't uh, really uh, listen to any opposition because we knew that the the voices were just the voices of. Uh, uh, fearful people who themselves didn't know uh, which they di- which direction is in life was correct, uh, but we knew we knew it because we saw it was working. The gospel was working. We were thrilled and overwhelmed uh, uh, with enthusiasm at uh, at praying uh, and casting out demons from demon possessed people. We saw crazy people turning into normal people. We saw drug addicts and uh, alcoholics especially alcoholics uh, as uh, as parents of my friends uh, after after the prayer you know this crazy alcoholic woman turned into a nice lady and she <laughs> served us tea 5 minutes after the prayer wow. uh, and and I couldn't believe that experience 
it's one of my uh, one of my bucket list dreams is to uh, to come to Russia and um, be a part of what God is doing there. Uh, I'm always inspired to hear your pastor preach in the conferences, and uh, you have wonderful leadership there. And um, it's it's a funny thing to think that you know America and Russia used to be these big uh, you know superpower enemies from uh, around the world. But in our fellowship, it's like we 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 don't see any of that. We see an amazing partnership of what God is doing, and it's truly a, a kingdom partnership. And what I love about the Russian fellowship is that uh, you guys are often able to go into places that Americans can't go, and you, you're an example of that to preach the gospel in in Havana. Uh, you know, to think of an American missionary going to Cuba is is unthinkable, but uh, you have access to places that other people in the world don't have. That's incredible to me. I believe that the world is divided into two different spheres of uh, influence, but God obviously has sense of humor. And uh, if uh, a, a door of opportunity shuts down for, for one person, it can be open up for the second one. So God has people on both sides of the world. Yeah. And I believe He's going to use these opportunities. It's impossible to shut all the doors to the gospel. That's right. That's I right. believe it. Wow. Well, that's that's the short version. And since we're limited on time this morning, I'd like to to uh, ask you about what, what uh, your perspective about what's happening in Ukraine. Um, so I've been kind of trying to sh- shine a light on this, and obviously it's been in the news and things. But we have a you know we have a missionary there in Odessa, your friend, Pastor Denis Vasiliev. Yeah. Uh, I was there in uh, two, two, 2020, a couple of years before the uh, before the pandemic started, and so you know. I want people to pay attention to this and be able to pray for what's happening there with uh, to pray well, to pray for, for what's needed. And so, um, well, first, let, let me get your perspective on, on, you know, what do you think is, is happening behind the scenes and why did this get started even in the first place? Well, it is so difficult for people to find uh, the, a good perspective about, about what's going on because nobody knows history. Right. And history started... Uh, 1000 years ago yeah 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 it's a lot of history for sure there was a mongolian invasion that uh divided russia uh russia asian russia because kiev was the capital of the asian russia kiev which is the modern capital of ukraine and the word ukraine is not a russian word the word ukraine is not a ukrainian word it's a polish word it means uh, the outskirts of the empire (laughs) okay the father already father. learning things yeah so it's like uh, uh, it's almost like a bordering line a bo- bordering territory of the um uh po- polish empire in in russian it was called a rich pospolita i don't know the english term mm-hmm. uh, so uh it happened it happened uh because of the mongolian invasion or Ra- asian russia had been under uh, had been enslaved by the Mongolian Empire of Genghis Khan for 240 years, which is a a long time. Yes, we uh, were set free only. We won our freedom only in uh, 1480. It's just about the time when Christopher Columbus uh, found right. Cuba. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. So we are talking. We are talking. Uh, you know, history. And then uh, for another 170 years, uh, Ukraine was a part of the uh, Polish Empire. 
uh, and then uh, during the time and life of a famous uh, Ukrainian hero warrior called Bogdan Khmelnytsky, he asked uh, Russian Tsar uh, to uh, to allow Ukraine to be a part of the Russian Empire. We are, we are talking about 1650s. Yep. So uh, Ukraine had been a part of Russia, had been a part of Russian uh, Slavic uh, uh, Federation of Nations for so many centuries. Ukrainians were the best uh, um, warriors, uh, protectors, the Russian borders for many, many centuries. They they were one of the most fearless um, fighters. I mean, we have so many stories. We have incredible masterpieces, uh, monuments in the literature, and uh, they are warriors. Warriors. Mm-hmm. The problem is that Ukraine uh, is is a, a very um, incredible nation of uh, incredibly talented people, but because of their religious influence, Ukraine uh, has um, found different uh, roles in the history. And uh, if you read about the Russian Revolution or, you know, that had took place uh, in 1917, uh, there is an incredible book uh, written by famous Russian uh, writer uh, Mikhail Bulgakov. It's called The White Guard. Mm -hmm. It speaks uh, about... uh, uh, 400,000 German troops uh, standing in Ukraine after the Russian October Revolution. 400,000 Germans uh, with, with, withdrawing from Kiev and then the Soviets would come and took over. And when you read this book, and this book describes uh, the year of 1919, you can understand that it is just a matter of time, maybe mm. 100 years, a war between Russia and Ukraine surely will happen. It was just a matter of time. Another problem that took place uh, that uh, Russia uh, or the Soviet Union divided Poland uh, together with Adolf Hitler. That's right. another historical bruise. Uh, a huge territory of uh, Poland was joined to Belorussia and to Ukraine. Uh, those regions were always called uh, the uh, Western Ukraine. So um, those people, they were so, ma- so much bruised that they had always been um, propaga- propagating, um, propagating uh, hatred against Russian culture, Russian language. They even speak a different version of Ukrainian language. I speak Ukrainian. But there is another version of Ukraine, and the words of the Western Ukrainian, I do not understand. I understand most of the things, but some of the things that I don't. They use different words, which are more Polish. Another problem that... is that Poland, Poland was a part of Russian Empire for so many years, right, right after Napoleon, starting from 1815, 1815. Poland, for 100 years, used to be a Russian territory. But because of the, the religious uh, um, problems, uh, Russia, Russians were Orthodox, the Polish were uh, Catholics. Uh, uh, in Russia, it was prohibited to think differently. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, people were oppressed and people were looked uh, down at. 
because they were Catholics. So no, no wonder that there is so much hatred and seeds of hatred. They were, uh, they were uh, sown into the hearts of the Polish people. Uh, the origin of my family is Polish. Mm-hmm. My father found uh, genealogy of, of Polish uh, warriors starting from 1738. And he found my, uh, our family root. So those people were military and they were Polish. And my last name is Polish. But they uh, became Ukra- Ukrainians with Polish origin. Mm-hmm. Um, in nineteen in 1800s, 1800s. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, It's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Real quick, we we might be somewhere distant cousins because uh, I was able to look at my family tree and uh, my father's grandfather uh, came. He immigrated to United States from uh, northern Ukraine, Belarus. My last name is Dragunsky. I don't know if you ever heard something like that. Of course, it's Polish, yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, they they dropped the S-K-Y when they came to... uh, to uh you know through Ellis Island but uh but they were they were Jewish immigrants uh running away from the the pogroms and all of those things happening oh yeah uh, oh yeah i can uh, i can imagine that so the problem is that we are talking about an exception exceptionally talented nation uh with an exceptionally bruised history i see and right. i do not know any nation that has has not had uh, their their own bruises, you know, during the history, right. which is uh, re- recorded uh, by blood. Anyway, every country's history is recorded by blood. So the thing is that it is absolutely impossible to find one point of view that would make happy uh, everybody, because there right. are no points like there is no such a thing as one point of view. Everybody has their own version of the history. The problem is, is that that it's uh, it's only the gospel that can bring peace to the nations because right. it's only the gospel that teaches to forgive. That's and right, I yeah. can I can imagine the hatred of the Polish people because they had their uh, their riot against the Germans yeah. and the Soviet troops were just uh, uh, in a short distance away under 
the uh, Warsaw suburb, and they never invaded. They waited mm. till the the riot would be uh, um, totally uh, distinct, um, killed and destroyed by the Nazis, and then the Russians invaded, and then the Pol- Poland was turned into a Soviet country. I can imagine all, all kinds of things. And mm-hmm. So people have one hate, hatred uh, added to another level or, or layer of hatred. So right. it's another layer of hatred. Then we add some source of religious hatred, right. uh, religious segregation hatred. So there is no end to that. We are going to end up uh, having a third world war, according to the Bible, Ezekiel 38. Because this world cannot find the way out from That's the right. hatred. I do not care, you know, what happened in the history. If uh, I go to Poland and somebody hates me because I'm a Russian citizen, I will say, I'm sorry, guys, for what my fathers did. But, you know, I personally have not done any harm to any of you. Yeah. And if some somebody feels hatred against me, I don't. I can't do anything about it. You know, I can just be a Christian, love people, preach the gospel and demonstrate that I'm a different person uh, than what people think because people are full of prejudice. Prejudice is one country, another country. For example, I'm living in Russia. People think that every Russian is a drunkard. I'm telling them I I don't drink vodka. People are asking me, aren't you Russian? Well, (laughs) I am. But just different version of Russian, you know, right, right. different operational system, I say, yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah, Jesus it's, inside, you know. that's right. That's right. That's such a, a powerful truth that, that we in America need to hear also, because there we, we are still plagued by this prejudice. And, uh, you know, there was institutional prejudice in our history uh, that, you know, bl- black people were enslaved in the South. And 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 now there's other kinds of institutional you know, prejudice one against another. And this is a, this is a, a wound that has been continuing to fester. And, you know, now it's to the point where some people look at, still look at the color of someone's skin and assume all of these hatreds of previous generations. But what you're saying is completely correct, is that we, we do not have an answer for the hatred of the past, except in Jesus Christ, except in being able to, um, to find forgiveness and reconciliation through the cross. And we, we, that's the only, the answer for our, for any conflict. Um, unfortunately, the war is predictable. Yeah. It was predictable. It is predictable. For three decades, uh, I had been reading different media articles, even the textbooks of, of Ukrainian history. They changed the history. The textbooks were calling uh, Asian Russia and the Kiev Russia, uh, the great Ukrainian uh, state. Mm. It, it, such things never existed in in uh, the scrolls of history. So it was a political system that was changing uh, names, terms, uh, preparing this uh, hatred. You know, if you uh, sow seeds of hatred, it will grow into yes. something you cannot control. So I, I feel so much pain about what's going on because my father is living in the uh, heart of Kiev. Uh, they send me text messages every day saying that they are afraid to go on the streets and bombing are all around them. And I've heard about it. I feel really sorry for that. 
I have a 93-year-old grandma living in that madness in the epicenter of the air bombing attacks. My father is 72. He's living in the epicenter. My brother is 25. He's living in the very epicenter of that madness. But I'm praying. I'm yeah. praying for them. Uh, God is saying uh, in his word that um, th th there are curses, national curses for the sins of our fathers. And Bible is saying that, unfortunately, these things were taking place in the history in the centuries before us, even thousands of years. And it's, it's not changing. The whole situation that we are seeing in Ukraine, uh, unfortunately, it was predicted by the Bible. It's yeah. a biblical prophecy, and I can point different places. Uh, uh, one of the most astonishing uh, place or book that can describe and explain about what's going on right now uh, is um, uh, Zechariah 2 and Zechariah 6. If you read these two chapters, you will be astonished about how much you find Ukraine and Russia in those two chapters. Wow. And God is saying, people, uh, the Jewish nation, they're going to be hurt. Russia, a Russian empire before the revolution, had 70% of all the Jewish population of the world. Right. And the pogroms and horrible things uh, that were taking place in different parts of Russian empire, most of them took place in Ukraine, modern mm -hmm. Ukraine. And unfortunately, you cannot forget about these things. God is saying what he's saying. He says that he who touches his people and hurts his people, those people uh, are putting finger into the eyeball of God, which means right. that it's God hurt. That's right. He, he, we caused a lot of pain to God. So God says, I'm going to punish those people and they're going to be uh, owned by their own slaves, which is a revolution, mm -hmm. predicted revolution written in the Bible, Zechariah 2. And we are, we are reading what's happening and we understand that it's just what was written and predicted. I want people uh, to, uh, to, to make friends. I want this crazy situation stop. I want people to ask Jesus to forgive their sins. I want people to see a way out. My Bible is saying it's just the beginning of uh, pain. Because this pain is going to touch the whole world. And it is. It is touching the whole world. It is. I have never felt. I have never felt so much pain in my life. I feel so much shame and so much pain. But I'm praying. I'm praying for Ukraine. I'm praying uh, for Russia. I, I'm praying for God to use this opportunity to wake so many millions of people. Because people, uh, they, they, they seemed to have been asleep for centuries and decades people need to wake up they need yeah. to understand there is no answer in economy or there is no answer in politics uh, the answer is only in the gospel mm -hmm. so i'm going to preach the gospel and if god allows me and opens doors we will be sending uh, missionaries and uh, preachers with ukrainian last names to pioneer churches in ukraine one day praise god that's that's uh, that's beautifully said, and I I think that um, uh, I'm I'm curious what you think about um, why now you you said that this could have been predicted for many years, but but what is it that sparked this this uh, this attack at this moment? 
the, the problem is uh, that um, you need to be born in Russia to understand the Russian mindset. Russian mindset uh, is very different because we are fooling the whole world. The whole world thinks we are a European nation. We are not. Mm -hmm. Two thirds of Russian territory is Asia. Right. We had been under Genghis Khan's influence for 240 years. Our mentality is Asian. We have uh, the whole European continent, uh, two-thirds of the European territory is Russia. Mm -hmm. we, we are more Europe than the Europe itself, right. as far as the territory. So it's just such a vast territory. People, we, we have so many, so much influence of, or, or European influence, Christian influence, Protestant influence through Peter the Great 300 years ago, who was fascinated with the Dutch, mm -hmm. uh, with the Germans. And these guys, these um, Protestant Christians, they built St. Petersburg. Yeah. They built us all the industry, heavy industry. They built us uh, the ship industry, our uh, metal refinery, they, they built everything, you know, so they had such an incredible influence upon us, but we are still. That's why it's much easier for Russian friends with the Chinese than to a European. Mm. It is so easy for us to understand those people. We, we think differently. And uh, the problem is that uh, we had been under the siege mentality, under the influence of siege mentality for so many uh, so many uh, centuries that it is um, uh, it is still uh, influencing our uh, politics, our mindset, and uh, um, Russians see threats that other people don't see, and they feel hurt differently than other people. Other people can say, "Well, we we never meant to hurt Russians," but Russians can feel hurt. Uh -huh. And our religion doesn't teach us to, no, our national religion doesn't teach us to forgive. Mm. It doesn't teach us to forget. This is a problem. You read 1,000 years of Russian history and you find that we have had 178 wars. Yeah. We are a nation born and formed in the war, by the war, and for the war we know really well how to fight and how to die. We don't know how to live. Wow. That wow. is a problem. We need right. the gospel. We need a, a, a national revival, awakening. That's why the problem is you can never win Russia. Russians are ready to die. Just give them a cause. That's why, you, that's why many people were... Um, comparing Russia with the bear. You need mm -hmm. to live in a region where bears are real. People say that lion is the king of the forest, but it's only because that in his climate, he never meets a bear. <laughs> All right. Tell me about the That's bear. That's why you never mess. You never mess with the bear. Mm -hmm. A bear can run 60 kilometers per an hour. You can never run away from him. You can never climb up on a tree he climbs trees he is very friendly if you don't hurt him you hurt him you are dead that yeah. is a problem that is a mentality and there are many parallel things and thoughts with this imagery hmm. i understand that only the gospel can change any nation russia really needs russia really really needs the gospel 
because the national religion of Russia is uh, worshiping the dead. It's, it's better to be the dead than to be alive. That is a bad thing for the mentality, for the idiosyncrasy of a nation. That's why we need the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we want to see God change Russia. We want to plant churches. We want to disciple men. We want to uh, fill the world with Russian missionaries. We don't know how God is going to make it uh, happen because of the sanctions and the economical problems. But we believe God is going to make a miracle. Yeah. The, the last thing, it is impossible to make Russia bankrupt. We have more resources than anybody in the world. You can kick Russia back in its development for a couple of decades, but you can never make Russia bankrupt because we are too, 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 too rich. Too rich in resources. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people don't care. You heard them, we will recover. That's why people have this, this mentality. We don't care what you do to us. We will overcome. We will survive. And Russians have been, have been put in the position of the, uh, of learning the art of surviving yeah. for centuries. Nothing can do to us. Nothing can really harm us. That's why Russians can, they don't care. You hurt us, we will survive. It's really fascinating to hear, hear the, the perspective on this. Uh, what, what I've been amazed to see in, in the response uh, to this, uh, this aggression is an incredible unity in the Western world against uh, Putin and his action. And almost nothing in the Western world uh, has seen this kind of unity uh, against him. And um, I'm curious, what do you think that that means? And even even I saw some amazing protests happening in the streets of Moscow uh, with thousands and thousands of people uh, uh, standing up against the war, the police trying to arrest them one by one. But there is a there's a large anti-war movement. What what do you think that says about this uh, this attack? Is that going to phase him at all? Uh, the problem is that protests never changed nothing in Russia. <laughs> but the protests uh, the protests uh, uh, they show that people think differently. People people yeah. love Ukrainians. They don't yeah. like the war. Right. We are fed up with the war. 178 wars you know it's a lot yeah it is a lot uh, we we we, uh, we beat the hitler you know we beat hitler you okay come on you know but you know 42 million people died i found yeah. this uh, statistics three years ago in the recent uh, uh, version of uh, uh, ministry of defense yeah when i was a schoolboy, they were teaching us about 24 million people losses now we are speaking about 42. Can you imagine how many men out yeah. of that number were killed? Mm. My, fa- my grandfather was telling me that there were 300 uh, men called to the Second World War from his village. And only 3.5 came back, which yeah. means that one was handicapped. Wow. Well, I have a question. How, what do you think? Just guess. Try to guess. 300 ladies in that village, mm. they got pregnant after the war. From whom? Right. 3.5. Yeah. They were the kings in that village. This means that the second generation after war, post-war generation, uh, all the boys were brought up by women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a national tragedy of Russia. 
men are brought up by women. That's why, you know, there is a big problem with emotions, alcoholism, aggression, because a woman can cry and she feels better. A man, he cannot cry. He will not feel better. <laughs> he needs yeah. to beat somebody, somebody's face and get drunk and get into trouble, you know. It will never stop him. Crying will not help. That's why we need, we, we are talking about incredibly talented, strong, smart, educated people capable to, to beat Adolf Hitler, you know, sure. and they don't know how to cope with their emotions, with their wrath, with their anger. That's why alcoholism, alcoholism is a big national curse of Russia. That's why Russia means the gospel. That's why uh, I am praying for God to use this opportunity to change, to change so many hearts of young people. Uh, I'm praying and asking God to give revival and give us 10 or 15% of Russian nation uh, to be converted into, into biblical version of Christian, Christianity and not some other version. Right. Pastor Sergei, uh, I want to wrap this up and ask you what our listeners can be praying for specifically what what is the way out that you see in this conflict and what what can we what what can we be, be believing god for uh, god can touch hearts of the leaders or uh, that are responsible for making decisions but it is not going to stop nothing let's let's say that today you know during the negotiations they find a, a, a peace I can guarantee for 100 years, Ukrainians and Russians are going to hate one another. Yeah. Just like, you know, the Jewish nation, beautiful Jewish nation and beautiful Arab nation, they are brothers. Right. It's just like, come on. Yeah. 4,000 4, years of yes. hatred. Right. You know, the history is, re- being, is being repeated all the time. So it will not stop anything. God needs to uh, really outpour his spirit on to the two nations and then there need to be we need to pray for revival and uh, thousands of protestant churches new churches uh, to to flood ukraine and thousands of churches to flood russia mm-hmm. we need to plant churches there is no other uh, solution mm-hmm. hatred will not stop right yeah hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that that's Absolutely. Martin Luther King Jr. Absolutely. For that, I would be praying and I would recommend people to pray because this is what is needed. Yeah. Well, um, I, would, uh, I would love to, for you to uh, pray for those who are uh, listening now and maybe um, you can inspire us through your prayer. Um, and this, this, uh, this episode will be releasing tomorrow as we're recording this, but maybe you could take a moment to, to pray for those who are going to hear it. And, uh, and that God would, would, uh, would help us in this current situation. Father, I'm asking you to touch the hearts of all the people who are listening and watching. And I'm praying specifically for the atheists. And I'm praying specifically for the people who were hurt by the false religions and who are filled with hatred against any idea of believing in God. I'm asking you to touch their hearts and let them see that not everybody is like everybody else. That there are people who are changed by your grace and by your love. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking you to touch the hearts that are in bondage of hatred mm-hmm. and save them and give them repentance and set them free from the hatred and stop the war and save 
millions of people in Ukraine and save millions of people in Russia and make an incredible awakening that would influence every other nation in the world because of that. Only you can turn the table. Only you can turn the evil into uh, an awakening and into salvation. I'm asking you to use this historical, incredible event to do your incredible testimony of salvation and influencing millions of people in the whole world for the gospel, for salvation of millions of people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Sergei. We don't want to uh, uh, delay any longer, but uh, we want to just say to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Uh, we uh, are so blessed to have men like Pastor Sergei planted all around the world uh, with incredible wisdom and insight. I want to just uh, repeat the, the request for you to pray, and uh, we will love to uh, get in touch with you in the future, Pastor, and uh, maybe we can have another after, uh, after some time to, to see your thoughts on how things are happening. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.